Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with me today, and I think that you will be glad that you did. Uh, today's unique in in a few different ways, one of which is today's in a conversation with John Lee Dumas. Now, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you may know that he was on three weeks ago, episode 367 today that you're listening to, and he was episode 364. Now, I've had repeat guests before, but usually it's at least a year before I bring somebody back on the show, and I've never had anybody on within a few months, let alone a few weeks. So why is that? Why is John Lee Dumas back on the show today when he was just here three weeks ago? Well, he was on three weeks ago to talk about his new book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success, A Roadmap to Financial Freedom and Fulfillment. And in that book, uh, he outlines a 17-step roadmap to guide your journey to financial location and lifestyle freedom. So we had a lot of great feedback from that episode, but we had people going, I want more. Like, what are these 17 steps? The book's not out till, you know, March of 2021. You know, I pre-ordered it. They might have pre-ordered it, but they wanted to dive in. And so I reached out to John and said, hey, can we do something fun where we, you know, I'm getting a lot of great feedback from the show where we actually give the 17 steps. Obviously, we, you know, I said I can't go super deep in each, all the 17, but let's give each of the 17 steps so people fully understand this roadmap. And then let's give some insights and some tips and strategies around each of the 17 steps. So that's what we did today. And this turned out to be a really value-packed episode. I think you get a lot out of it. So I'm excited to hear what you think. And uh, I'm actually excited to read John's book. You'll hear me say this later in the episode, but I, I realized that, wow, I've got some holes in my game. Like there are some of the, you know, there's probably four or five of the 17 steps that I really struggle at. I like, I suck at, I'm not, you know, they're so, so anyway, so I'm excited to, to read the full book and round out my game, if you will. All right, so before we dive into this episode and you get to listen to all the goods, I just want to take a minute to shout out our sponsor, Organifi. Organifi makes some of the best nutritional products, supplements, if you will, on the planet, whole food-based supplements, no synthetic chemicals, and I make you know, my smoothies every day involve Organifi, you know, from their protein powder to I started using their product called Balance, which is an organic blend of prebiotics and probiotics for digestive health. So I put that in the smoothie every day now. And uh, they have a lot of great products. And, you know, if you're health conscious, you want to improve your health, highly recommend checking out Organifi.com forward slash Hal. That's Organifi.com forward slash Hal. And Organifi is spelled O-R-G-A-N. I-F-I, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, organ, if I, <laughs> dot com forward slash Hal. And then if you find anything that you like and you want to get some of their products or try something out, use the discount code Hal, H-A-L, at checkout and you'll get 15% off your entire 
order. So again, I love their products. I've used them for many years and uh, I hope that you do too. So without further ado, my conversation with Mr. Jonathan Lee Dumas, better known as by his friends as JLD, revealing the 17-step roadmap that he outlines in his new book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success. Enjoy. John Lee Dumas, we are back. What what's it been like a week or two since I talked to you, man? We did like this rapid fire, like a couple days in a row, where you and I were just like getting on calls for different things, and I was like, man, I need me some more Hal Elrod in my life because, like, you know, I believe in that quote: "You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with." And yeah. the more time I get to spend with you, brother, the better my average is. I appreciate that, and uh, yeah. Although I feel like we might be getting to the point of too much time. I don't. I don't know if there's <laughs> such a thing. Yeah, let me share for the listeners, if anybody's not clear, we did an interview for the podcast just a few weeks ago and talking about uh, your new book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success, A Roadmap to Financial Freedom and Fulfillment. And you know, you you just told me earlier, right at the end of the podcast, I kind of joked, yeah, I don't even know if anybody really listens or pays attention to my podcast, but hey, I hope it helps. (laughs) And both you and I were blown away by the amount of people that responded to our conversation. The amount of people that got I got in comments and emails and responses. And then you said you got more emails from our podcast than any other podcast that you've done. Combined. I'm, combined. Okay. And I'm doing 40 podcasts a week. <laughs> Which is, that's insane. So here, the reason that we're doing this, you know, we had, I had questions come in. Like one of the questions that I got and I, I posed through this out to you is what are these 17 steps? Yeah. You, you know, to uncommon success. The book doesn't come out till next month. Like I want to know the steps. And I just reached out. I go, Hey, would you be willing to just peel back the curtain and give all, we just run through all 17 steps. And, you know, if people want to know more, they can of course get the book, but at least give all the steps. And you were gracious. You're like, yeah, let's do it. And so this is a rare, I don't know that I've ever, I've had repeat guests on John, <laughs> but never within a month, <laughs> like never in a 30 day window. So that's a lot of pressure on you. You better deliver, man. I'm ready for it, brother. And listen, you use the words blown away. Like, that's an understatement. Like, your audience is fantastic. I mean, they are all unbelievable individuals, unbelievable people. And they're just obviously achievers in a massive way because they take action. They're excited for this. They're excited to consume your content. They were obviously excited with our conversation. So, I mean, it was an absolute no-brainer for me to jump back on with you and run through these 17 steps and give, you know, some cool commentary because I think what will be neat is you and I are going to be able or like I'll be able to give my commentary as the author, but like your audience is going to be able to get some of your commentary with each one of these steps as well because I don't even know what you're going to say on some of these things. So it'll well, be and interesting. And arguably my commentary is going to be more insightful <laughs> and valuable than yours. So that's like a huge win. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually going to change the the author's name in the book to you after this conversation. Yeah, you, you, you might throw me in as with Hal Elrod. <laughs> so here's what I want to do. I decided I wanted to start and actually I texted you this like 10 minutes ago said I want can I I want to open up by asking you something a little bit off top or on topic of you but off topic of the book mm. and, and the question I have for you John is just who is John Lee Dumas if, if someone is listening and they've, they've never heard you before they don't really know you maybe been in our last interview we didn't get to go as deep in terms of who you are in terms of what you value what you stand for uh, the difference that you want to make in the world or anything else that you want to share who is John Lee Dumas 
So I can really cut John Lee Dumas in half as far as the timeline. Like the John Lee Dumas up to 32 years old was a different person than the John Lee Dumas from 32 to where I am now, 41 years old. So almost a full decade of, you know, post that 32, first 32 years. All right, real quick, let's get away from the third person. It sounds weird when you're talking about the two John Lee Dumas to say, there's two versions of me. All right, let's go with who you are. All right, there we go. It's my fault for setting up the question. Instead of asking who you are, I asked, who is this guy, John Lee Dumas? You no, see, I'm already learning like? from you, brother. I'm already getting better every single day. And so, I mean, the first 32 years of my life, I mean, it was super traditional. Like, you know, I went to high school. I went to college. I was in the army. I went to corporate finance. I was in law school. I was in real estate. Like, I was doing a very traditional path, and and, and I was all over it. And I thought that that was going to be what I needed. But at 32 years old, I kind of had one of my first, you know, what I would call like a quarter life crisis, the first quarter of my life, hopefully, um, 32 years old. And I said to myself, you know, hey, like you're doing a lot of the right things over these 32 years. Like you, you know, went to high school, got your degree, served as an officer in the army for eight years, went to law school, did all these things. But like, are you really happy? Like, are you really somebody who's enjoying the day-to-day? And I had to be honest with myself, Hal, I was not. I was dealing with some PTSD from my time in the military. I was kind of making bad career choices in hindsight. Like, I thought they were good career choices at first, but they weren't. And at 32 years old, I read one quote by Albert Einstein that changed everything and changed the next decade of my life. And that quote was, try not to become a person of success, but rather a person of value. And that's where I saw that I was going wrong. Like I was just chasing success for these first 32 years of my life. Everything I did, I thought it was bringing me closer to like what I thought was success. However, when I had to look in the mirror and honestly ask myself, what are you doing of value every day, every week, every year? The answer was, I came up empty. I had nothing. Like I wasn't being a person of value. So it was in that moment I committed to becoming a person of value. And then at 32, it planted that seed. A few months later, I had that idea and that concept to launch Entrepreneurs on Fire, the first daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. And I was like, here is an idea that's going to be a free, valuable, consistent piece of content, consistently valuable every single day, 365 days of the year. I'm going to do my best with this. I'm going to be that person of value. And that just changed everything for me, Hal. Like the next, again, almost decade in my life, I've been doing just that, being a person of value, interviewing as many individuals as I can that I know, like, trust, and respect. I'm over 3,000 of those interviews now, over 100 million listens of the podcast, 1.4 million listens every single month of Entrepreneurs on Fire. And I can honestly say that every day now, in some way, shape, or form, I'm being a person of value. So to kind of end this by saying, like, who am I? Like, I'm a person that thrives on what I call the ripple effect. The fact that somebody right now, Hal, is gonna listen to this episode that we're doing together. Or by the way, one that you and I did seven and a half years ago. They might be listening to it right now. And they're gonna be inspired by something that you said, by something that I said, and they're gonna go off and do something that they might not otherwise have done in their life. And now inspire a whole host of other individuals who have never heard of JLD and Hal Elrod, but are off doing something amazing now. And there's going to be that second, third, fourth degree of separation where people are doing amazing things in this world, maybe because of one thing that you and I said years ago. Mm. And that's the ripple effect that I strive for today. That's who I want to be, the ripple effect. That is profound. And I hope anybody listening caught that, right? One thing you say, the ripple effect of that could lead to someone changing the world or saving a life or, or, or saving or changing their own life. 
and then John, a couple things you said that, that really resonated with me. One is that an, a one quote changed your entire life, right? For me, it was that Jim Rohn quote, you are the level of your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development. So I created this little morning ritual to enhance my personal development called the miracle morning, you know, and then, and then that became what it became, right? It, which never would have predicted. The other thing that you said is uh, about value. You know, you, like you said, you've done, you have over a hundred million listens, right? You've, you've impacted millions upon millions, tens upon millions with the ripple effect, hundreds of millions, countless people, because you decided to add value. And if you're listening to this right now, I want you to ask yourself a question. I want you to consider something. The dominant question in my life, when I was about 27 years old, I read a book by Tim Sanders called Love is the Killer App. And he, he said something very similar, which basically just is that you, you know, the amount of value that you add to the lives of others kind of determines the value that you bring to the world. And so the dominant question in my mind from that point on was, how can I add value every day to every person that I meet in every possible way? And, and really, even though I didn't hear the Albert Einstein quote of you know, becoming a person of value, that became the focus. And there's another great quote from Zig Ziglar that you can have everything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. Mm. You know? And again, it all boils down to how can you add value every day to every person in your life in every way possible? And if your focus is on what you can give as opposed to what you can get out of every person and every situation, you enrich your life in ways that you never imagined. And it's a, it's just, it's a simple but a radical paradigm shift that most people are in the paradigm of how can I get, how can I get, how can I consume versus how can I give, how can I create, how can I serve? And so if you're listening, I'd encourage you to consider that. And the beauty of that is you can be selfishly selfless, right? Because John, you've built a fortune, right? You've built an empire, a fortune. So not only have you enriched all these people's lives, you got to also, it, it reciprocated True. and it came back to you, right? True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one thing I just want to kind of like make sure that people really strive home from what everything that we're talking about here is, you know, next time you you make that Instagram post and you might get like two or three likes and that might disappoint some people. Just remember those two or three people that liked that post and maybe were impacted by that might be that individual that Hal and I are talking about who are now going to, who needed those words at that moment that you sent that I didn't send, that Hal didn't send, but you sent. And now they're going to go off and do something amazing as a result. And you never, never know. So never discount anything that you do in this world as long as you're leading with value. Beautiful. I love it. All right. We got 17 steps to the path of uncommon success, a roadmap to financial freedom and fulfillment. Let's dive in, man. Step number one, who could have come up with step number one <laughs> in your book? <laughs> Let's just start with a bang. And I can tell you, like, all these little interviews that I've been on, it's so awesome because they always ask me for, you know, the example of chapter one and, like, who I brought in. So I'm always talking about Hal Elrod this, Hal Elrod that. So, uh, I mean, you're getting so much love, my man. It's unbelievable. Rightfully so, by the way. So step one, and we're going we're gonna to go through these 17 steps, you know, fairly rapidly because, you know, we want to make this a, a concise interview. And, of course, the book is everything. You know, the book has... 71,000 words, has exercises, has templates. There's a free companion course that comes with it. So if you are like left wanting a little bit more in this interview, like, of course, but it's there for you. You got this and we'll tell you all about it. So step number one, you've got to identify your big idea. And I'm going to be honest with you right now, Hal, and this doesn't actually apply to most of your audience because I know them now from, you know, having been on your show and, and, and received so many messages from them. But this applies to most humans is that they're going to die without ever identifying their big idea. 
I don't think that's going to happen at a very high percentage for your audience, but the the human race in general is going to die without even knowing what their big idea is. They're never going to take the time to sit down and give themselves the space, the opportunity, the, the thought bandwidth to come up with what their big idea is in this world, with what is their zone of fire. And it's a, such a sad thing. It is such a sad thing. And when I sat down and said, okay, I know that my big idea was entrepreneurs on fire. Who else do I know that came up with what I consider not just a good idea, but a really big, amazing idea that, by the way, is not just a big idea, but it's their big idea. Like it's so personal to them. That's the key part of this. And of course, Hal Elrod came to mind and I said, what he's done with the Miracle Morning and the Miracle Morning movement with everything, the books, the movies, the podcast, the content, the speaking from stages around the world, and what he's done, of course, with Savers and what he's built that acronym to mean and into and the lives he's changed as a result. This is the individual that comes to mind of the 3,000 people I've interviewed over the past decade. This is the one person that best exemplifies this step in the process identify your big idea. So Hal, I want to kind of hand this over to you now, because this is really the key point that uh, you're going to jump in on. Yeah, thank you. And I'm honored to be featured in the book, let alone chapter one. So in terms of coming up with your big idea, it usually is born from something you have either overcome or something you've accomplished that other people want to overcome or they want to accomplish. So before my quote unquote big idea of the miracle morning, I took that same philosophy when I left my career in sales and I go, okay, I want to be an entrepreneur. What am I qualified to do? And I looked at my background, I go, well, I've pretty much sold a lot of Cutco kitchen knives. You know, that was my six year career. So I went, I'm going to coach other Cutco reps, right? I have accomplished something. I've overcome the challenges in this direct sales world. And then I accomplished something that other people want to accomplish. So that's what I was qualified to do. And then, you know, fast forward eight years later, a few years later, I overcame a depression. I overcame financial collapse in 2008. I created a morning ritual that changed my life. And I went, well, wait a minute. If this worked for me, and I'm just a human being, right? This could work for anyone. And then that's where I went out and, and you know, and decided to take, take action on the big idea, which is so important, right, John? Like, you know, we, we, you might have that big idea in the shower, you know, your intuition says, man, this thing uh, would, would help others, but uh, who am I to go share it? I, I, don't, I don't know where to start. We have all these excuses. And so not just having your big idea, but actually taking action on your big idea is absolutely crucial. And again, where do you look for it? What have you overcome? What have you accomplished in your life that other people want to overcome and or accomplish? And then you figuring out how you're going to get that message out to them, whether it's a book or it's a podcast or it's whatever else, whatever their form to reach people with your big idea. So yeah. All right. So that's step one. Identify your big idea. What's step two? Okay. Nailed it. And that's, you know, where we're going to have spent the most time because we're going to go through these other 16 steps a little faster because, you know, again, we've want to keep this concise and clear. But one thing I do want to add before we move on to step two is everything that Hal said, and, and I can boil it down to one sentence that I found to be true, which is if you can become the best solution to a real problem in this world, you will win. Not the second best, not the 10th best, the best solution. And this is the step in the chapter that we teach you how to do that. Hal and myself, we teach you how to do just that. So step two, discover your niche. Because Hal, this is where most people go wrong. They have their big idea. They're like, I'm going to go all in with this big idea. It's going to be great. 
But guess what? A big idea is a really good idea. So other people are probably doing it right now. There's probably a lot of competition there, which is a good thing because it's proof of concept. But listen, we've got to niche down. We've got to find a void that hasn't been filled. We've got to find an underserved part of that marketplace so we can serve better than anybody else. That's how you get the initial momentum, initial traction, initial going forth and actually getting some success here. Now, real quick, my big idea was a podcast. I niched down into a business podcast. I niched down a third time into a business podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. I looked around, Hal, there were seven other podcasts doing that. Did I want to be the eighth best podcast doing that back in 2012? Heck no. So what could I do that they weren't doing? I wanted to do a daily podcast. They were doing once a week, every one of them, all seven. I could differentiate myself and claim the niche and fill the void of a daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. So I niched down till it hurts. And the day I launched Entrepreneurs on Fire, it was the best daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. It was the worst daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. It was the only. <laughs> now, to drop these value bombs on my book, I brought Selena Sue. She's amazing. She has a brand called Impacting Millions. And she actually talks really interestingly in this Discovering a Niche about how she actually took two big ideas and combined them into a special niche. And you'll have to read about it to see what exactly she did. But you know, an example might be like, hey, if you love yoga, it's hard to be the best in, at yoga. If you love vegan food, it's hard to be the best in vegan food. But like, what if you become the yogi vegan? Like you've taken two big ideas, niched them down, and boom, now you can own that space. So any commentary you wanna make on that, Hal? Yeah, just you take your, like, so me, for Miracle Morning is the big idea, right? And then it's niched with the Miracle Morning for salespeople, the Miracle yes. Morning for uh, parents and families, the Miracle Morning, right? And so I would, like, Miracle Morning for college students. No no college students necessarily going to buy the Miracle Morning book because they don't think it applies to them until it's, oh, it's specific for college students, right? So, yeah, so I just think that there's, you can have a big idea and kind of have a, a sub idea within the big idea to find that niche and uh, everybody's is different. Yeah. You know, my friend Jesse's book came out today, If Not You Then Who, Ooh. about it and it's for addiction. It's you know helping people. He's a recovering addict and so he has a very specific niche. But the beauty of that is then you know where to target. You know which podcast to go on. You know which blogs to reach out to. It's not everybody. It's your niche. And that focused effort yields usually the best results. Yeah. All right, step three, brother. Step three is creating your avatar. Now that you know that niche, now that you know the area that you can and want to dominate, now you've got to create your avatar. That's the perfect listener of your podcast, the perfect customer, the perfect client, the perfect fill-in-the-blank consumer of your content. So few people do this, so they just really struggle knowing what to do next. They're like, okay, like I have my big idea, like I have the niche, but what do I do next? When you sit down here at step three and really truly create your avatar, that perfect individual, that individual will guide you every step of the way. Now they become your North Star. I sat down day one and I created Jimmy. I go into super details about who Jimmy is, how old, how many kids, how long his commute is to work. I have everything about Jimmy. So every time I had a question about, well, should I do this or this, left or right, at this fork in the road at Entrepreneurs on Fire, I didn't ask myself. I was the host of the podcast. I wasn't my perfect listener. I asked Jimmy, WWJW, what would Jimmy want? And then that was the answer. I was off to the races. I made it happen. I brought John Morrow. He is this great, smart guy, smartblogger.com. He has created such an amazing avatar for his business where he was struggling so hard to make any sales before because he wasn't speaking the language. He didn't know the vocabulary they were using. He didn't really know what their real struggles were. He had a great product, but nobody knew what he was actually solving when he 
finally started speaking to these individuals and having the ability to craft this one perfect customer, everything changed for him, his vocabulary, his sales page, everything in the way that he communicated, it all changed and his business blew up. So Hal, what do you got about creating the avatar? Yeah, it's something that I think people often overlook, like, eh, I don't need to do that. Like, I, I have a general idea of, of who I'm trying to reach. But I think that, the you know, specificity, again, yields the best results. And for me, with The Miracle Morning, I thought about who am I writing for? And it was really, it, I was originally the avatar. It was, I'm someone who I know that I'm capable of so much more, and yet I'm settling for less than I really want in this life, you know? And that, that was a, like the general idea. But then when I was writing the book, I thought, okay, for someone that knows they're capable of more, what, you know, for example, what's standing in that person's way? Maybe it's excuses. Maybe it's fear. I was able to really understand how to communicate to that person and give them what they needed in terms of the steps, the instruction, et cetera, to overcome what was holding them back so they could accomplish what they wanted. So again, just, it's something that you can't skip step three creating your avatar is absolutely yeah. crucial. Well, and if anybody can see, you know, behind Hal right now, I can just tell you his studio is full of all of his new avatars now. So he's actually expanded out into all these different avatars, like the real estate, the college student, the family, the this, the that. And so your avatars can and will expand over time, but you've got to start clear, concise with one and serve them at the best way possible. So step four, choose your platform. This is where so many people get it wrong because they're just like, okay, now that I have my big idea, the niche within it, and I know exactly who I'm trying to serve with that perfect avatar of mine. Now I'm just going to go do everything all at one time. And the problem with this Mm -hmm. is, I call it, they go a mile wide and an inch deep in all these different areas, and they make no impression and no impact. Zero, zip, zilch. You need to find the perfect platform, which you will know because you know your avatar. So you ask your avatar, hey, where do you spend your most time? Which platform, which one of these million platforms that are out there do you spend the most time? Can I reach you in the most impactful way? They will tell you and you will choose that platform. Just like I went all in 100% with podcasting. That was my platform. Now, have I built out and expanded over the years and created a much bigger media empire? Of course, but I started with one. I chose my platform. I went all in and I made a massive impact. I went one inch wide and one mile deep. And to drop the value bombs in this book, I brought Leslie Samuel, because I loved bringing him in on this because he was getting going in the time of podcasting was hot, YouTube was hot, social media was hot, but he's like, no, my avatar is still reading blogs. I'm focusing on the blog, because they come, they read the blogs, they subscribe to the RSS feed in the blogs. He knew it, and so he went a little old school but it worked for him because he didn't try to just do it all or compete with everybody or just chase the hottest trends. He did the platform that worked best for him and his perfect customer and client. So Hal, what do you get about choosing your platform? Yeah, for me, I chose wrong and right early on. So for me, there were two. I chose Facebook, which is where I created the Miracle Morning Facebook group, the community, uh, which you know now has 300,000 um. members. And, and back then, Uh, Facebook's algorithms were a little kinder. They actually showed your posts to other people. So that's changed a little bit. So if I were starting over today, I don't know if that'd be my first choice. But the wrong platform Hmm. I did was television. I thought, oh, morning, I got a morning book. I'll get on morning shows. And it didn't sell very many books. And I I really dissected and, and analyzed why that was. I realized, oh, that my avatar isn't sitting at home watching television. They're actually listening to podcasts, pursuing personal development. And so I switched from television to podcasts and the needle started to move, right? So it made a huge difference when I realized, oh, just because I have a morning book, morning shows, that audience, that's not my avatar. 
those people aren't seeking personal development. They're seeking distraction. They're seat right. They're, they're, they're getting the kids ready for school while they got the TV on in the background. But people listening to podcasts, they are by default so searching for personal development that I'm that I'm delivering. So yeah, so that's my my made a mistake and then figured it out uh, with the avatar or the plot. Okay, so now that you've identified your big idea and you've discovered the niche within it and you've created your avatar, you've chosen your platform, now you're ready for step five. And this is critical because you can't do this before, you can't do step five before any of these because you don't know who to look for. Who am I talking about? Your perfect mentor. Now that you know the platform you're going to be crushing, who your perfect client, customer, listener is, the niche and the idea that you're going to be working within, now you can find your mentor. And I have one real sentence that I drill down on with this. Your perfect mentor is somebody who is currently where you want to be. Somebody who is currently where you want to be. So guess what? I want to be a successful business podcast host. I went and found a mutual friend of myself and house, Jamie Masters, who was a successful business podcast host of The Eventual Millionaire. And she was my perfect mentor. Now, another example, and then somebody brought him for the book, Sean Stevenson. This guy is a physical beast. He has the Model Health Show. He's written two unbelievable books, Sleep Smarter, Eat Smarter. This guy is a giant. He was actually my personal mentor in the health space for a long time and actually still is virtually. This guy was doing it all in the physical space, but guess what? His finances were a wreck. It was a mess and he didn't know where to start. But guess what? Luckily, one of the people that he was training to get better uh, fitness-wise was a financial guru. And this person took him under his arm and mentored him, mentored him on how to get his finances straight. That was where Sean wanted to be, have his finances squared away. Because of that, everything's changed. And now Sean's finances, all his hard work is actually enabling him to keep the money he makes. So finding your mentor, that person is currently where you want to be. Hal? Yeah, I'll just say that you can find your mentor in the form of a book or in the form of a podcast. You know, for me, like that's the least expensive way to get a mentor, right? Is is you buy a book, you pay, you spend 20 bucks and now you're getting that mentor's wisdom distilled. Arguably, you're going to get more value from that than spending hours with that person because the hours might turn into random conversation, but in a book, it's focused, it's thoughtful. It's like, if you want John Lee Dumas as your mentor, for example, right? You buy his book and you're reading, literally he's mentoring you page after page after page. Exactly. So just, I seek out mentors in the form of masterminds, the form of books, the form of real life human beings, and just realize that your mentor can come in many forms. Step six, join a mastermind. This is a critical step that so few people do correctly. There's a wrong way to do it and there's a right way to do it. And the specific way that I talk about, there's a lot of things in the chapter I go into, but the specific thing I want to talk about now is you need to be part of a weekly mastermind that consists of either three or four total people. No more, no less. Either three or four, including yourself. This is a weekly mastermind. Now, you can be part of other masterminds that are bigger and are this and are that. I get all of that. But this is an absolute mandatory thing for you to be part of a weekly mastermind that consists of either you and two other people or you and three other people. Now, I won't get into super details, but in this book, like I tell you exactly how to run the mastermind, how to find people to, to get into your mastermind, either how to join the right mastermind or more likely create that mastermind because you're going to be one of the only people that knows how to do it right. And to drop value bombs on this step and chapter, I brought 
my mentor, Jamie Masters, to just share her genius of masterminds because she's been somebody that I've learned so much from from masterminds over the years. She runs them so right. She gives away her entire mastermind philosophy and format, which is spectacular. It's actually one of the longest submissions of any one of these 17 contributors because there's so much content that she gave here and it's absolutely critical. So Hal, what do you want to say about masterminds? Just that I do exactly what you said. I'm in a four-person mastermind. It's actually part of the Go Abundance Men's Group, and uh, and we meet every other week. And uh, but yeah, we've got you know strategy, feedback, accountability, all of the things that you talked about in the book. Yeah, and the real so. quick point as to like why that four or three is the perfect number because guess what? Now Hal gets to be on the hot seat once every four sessions, and that is so critical. When you have uh, masterminds that are too big, like if there's ten people in that mastermind, he'd be in the hot seat like once a year. Like that doesn't make any sense. So like you have to have a small enough number of people where you're able to be the focus of that meeting at least once every month or two at the very least. And we go into all the details why. So step seven, this one, and you as an author, how you, you'll get this. I wrote and wrote and wrote this chapter. And I had no idea what I was getting into when I started because it turned into a beast. 13,500 words. 13,500 words for this one chapter alone and the chapter is called Creating a Content Production Plan. And I'm telling you right now, Hal, you know this because we've talked about this in detail, but I need to just be so honest with your listeners right now. This is why we've won at such a high level at Entrepreneurs on Fire. Our content production plan is fantastic. And most people's content production plan is terrible. Ours used to be not good. Ours used to be terrible. Now it's fantastic. It's taken us a decade to get to that word fantastic, but OMG, is it fantastic now? And 13,500 words later, after you read this read this chapter and apply its principles, your head will first pop off. So put your head back on because it's just going to be so much awesomeness. And for the first time in your life, you will have in front of you a proven content production plan that's been running our multi-million dollar a year business for 10 years now. And by the way, We've been 90 months running, nine zero of over $100,000 of net profits. Our content production plan is the main reason why. Chapter seven, step seven, I brought Kate Erickson, who's my fiance and my business partner in crime. She's the genius behind our content production plan. You need to download her genius. Hal. Two things that you proposed, man. That's been a long time coming. <laughs> and number two, all I can say is I suck. I'm one of those that suck at the content production plan. So this is the chapter I'm most excited to read. So yeah, man, I'm a student of this one. Cool, man. Well, listen, I did push my next interview by 10 minutes. So we actually have 15 more minutes to end strong here. So I want to just keep going because I, this is such a great interview. So step eight, chapter eight, create content. Now that you've gotten down and you actually have your content production plan, now it's time to put away the excuses, put away the fear, put away the quote-unquote perfectionism, which is another word for I'm a coward, and just create content. Of course, I brought none other than Pat Flynn to drop value bombs here. This guy's been producing and creating content for well over a decade now, and he's a master at it. I don't even know if you've seen his latest thing. He's now got a Pokemon YouTube channel that's crushing it, Hal. I don't know anything about Pokemon but he does, he loves it, he does it with his kids, it's crushing yeah. it, because he knows how to create content, and this guy is a master. I share with you how we create content, our systems, how you can too, and why it's so important. Anything to add on that? Just that, A, Pat Flynn is one of my favorite human beings on the planet, I love I love Truth. him. And two, he's the most prolific, like his, A, creativity, 
right? Like you said, he's got a Pokemon channel. He's got a smart passive income channel, right? He, he shows up as Marty McFly in, in Back to the Future <laughs> on his video, right? Like he is so creative. He's so funny, so authentic and genuine. And, and just his, the amount of content that he puts out consistently is on another level. So if you can get just a little bit of that Pat Flynn and, and apply a 10th of it to your business, it's going to be a, a game changer. Step nine, if you think Pat Flynn was the right fit for step eight, create content, well, check out step nine, launch. And who did I bring in for this? Jeff Walker. Of course, he is Mr. Launch himself. He is Mr. Product Launch Formula. But listen, this is where people go wrong. They do all of the first eight steps because those are, I'm not going to say they're easy, but I mean, like, you know, you can do it and you can kind of be behind a wall and doing it and it's all exciting and stuff. But when it comes down to it, so many people fail to ever launch because they love living what I call the pre-launch world because it's so safe there. It's like, this might work. I know it might not work, but this might work. So I want to keep living in the world of it might work. You've got to launch. I fell victim to this. I delayed my podcast launch for well over a month and it cost me, by the way, well over $100,000. I call it my $100,000 mistake. I won't go into detail about that now, but it's in the book. And you need to flip and launch. So I brought Jeff Walker to teach you how to launch, why to launch, how to get over yourself. And of course, I give you all my tips and tactics as well. Do it. Hal? I'll just say this. So I read Jeff Walker's book, Launch. I bought his product and program many years ago, Product Launch Formula, right? I've learned from Pat Flynn, Jamie Masters, our next, I'm giving it away, but our next, the next person, Ryan Levesque. Like, what's cool is I, I had to go out and read 20 books to get all of this. <laughs> and so that, that, that like, I, that's what I'm noticing because I'm looking yeah. at the list of all the steps and you have the best of, best of the best of these categories all condensed into one book. Yeah, so that just, I just, I'm blown, blown away by that. Well, you're exactly correct. That was my one goal, my one focus in this book was to bring in the best. And I had this 17-person dream list. I had backups and then I had backups to those backups. I didn't even have to make those other two lists. Every single person I asked first said yes. So that was one of the bigger honors of my life for sure. And um, yes, it was just so everybody knows these are my number one choices for all these different areas. So number 10, pinpoint your avatar's biggest struggle. This is such a key part right here because listen, I know that you know your avatar back from step three, but now you've launched, now it's real, now you have actual clients, actual customers, actual listeners, actual avatars in the real world. Now I teach you in a very specific step-by-step -step formula how to pinpoint their biggest struggle. It is a science and I teach you how to do it in the best possible way through my failures, through my mistakes, to where we now have it at a fantastic level. And of course, I brought Ryan Levesque. He is Mr. Ask, the New York Times bestselling author of Ask. I mean, that is the book that really breaks it down in such a meaningful level. So not only do I share with you how to pinpoint your avatar's biggest struggle, but Mr. Ask himself gets to come in and share all the details as well. So just like Mr. Launch gets to share with you about launching, Mr. Ask gets to share with you about pinpointing your avatar's biggest struggle, which if you haven't figured out the spoiler alert, it has to do with asking certain questions. So <laughs> Hal, what do you want before you move on? Again, I'm just going to say that I have read Ryan's book, Ask. Uh, I then had my team go through a one day with him. And right now I've got a team member going through his entire course. So again, the, the amount of money, effort, and energy that I've put into learning the stuff that you've got in the book, I think just shows how valuable 
Uh, it is. And, and again, if you're listening to this, right, it's so crucial that most of us, I think, think of what do we have to give to people versus what do people need that I have to give to people? And so it's really just flipping it from us projecting what we believe we should give to those to actually asking, hey, what do you need? Hey, what do you need? Hey, what do you, oh, okay, now I understand. Here's how I can best serve you. Now we're moving into kind of rapid fire mode because we've got like eight things left here and we've just got to, we got to keep moving. So step 11, chapter 11, after you pinpointed your avatar's biggest struggle, it's time to prove the concept and craft the solution. You need to prove the concept and then craft the solution. I've all too often thought I had the best idea in the world. I didn't prove the concept and I paid for it dearly. So I teach you how to not make those mistakes, how to prove the actual concept and then craft the actual solution. We have amazing individuals for this one, Omar and Nicole Zenholm. They created Webinar Ninja, which is a massive webinar software platform. It's a huge SaaS software as a service platform. And they're over in Australia, rocking it with a huge team, making things happen. And they did this so unbelievably well that it was great to bring them on for this. But again, you skip this step, it's going to cost you money, period. Hal? I'll just say that Purple Morning, I taught the thing to people implement feedback coaching clients and then from small speeches for three years before published so for three years while i was writing the miracle morning i was doing that exact step 11 proving the concept crafting the solution in real time with my real-time avatars step 12 chapter 12 build a funnel i brought mr funnel himself truly russell brunson he kills it in this i mean he's so good when it comes to funnels like you can have everything right up to this point but you're leaving so much money on the table you're leaving so much opportunity on the table if you don't build a meaningful funnel so i teach you how i built multiple multiple million dollar funnels russell comes in of course crushes it talks about his click funnels experience and all the things that happened before building a funnel. Hal? Real quick, what's a funnel, John? <laughs> Chapter 12, step 12, buddy. No, but listen, a funnel is the journey that you take your customer, your client, your avatar on from the moment they meet your brand or your business for the first time all the way through to a sale. That's a funnel. It's a journey and it can be an amazing journey if you do it right. Yeah. And the miracle morning, it just starts out with people get to opt in for the first, you know, sneak peek of the book. If they like that, they get an audio and a video and, you know, and it's all free and it's all free value. And then if they're, you know, most likely they're going to go, wow, this is really great. And then they end up watching the documentary or, or buying the book. But uh, yeah, so, and you, again, you brought in the founder of ClickFunnels, the number one person in the world <laughs> at this, Russell Brunson. So really excited for that. All right. Step 13. Diversify your revenue streams. A mutual friend of ours who's crushing it up there in Canada, Stu McLaren, he has a whole brand now around Tribe. He is so good at diversifying your revenue streams. Of course, you know his focus is on membership sites and building a tribe, but he has so many recurring revenue streams around that with software and this and that. Like Your head will pop off with how much that he shares what he has going on. And you don't need to implement all this at once. Like We teach you how to do it step by step day by day, month by month, year by year. But hey, look what happened in 2020. This world can flip on a second. If you're not diversified, if you don't have things spread out over assets, with your investments, with your business, 
you are vulnerable, period. I don't care how much you're crushing it at one thing, you have to diversify. I teach you how that I've done it and now I have nine active revenue streams on every single income report and Stu teaches it and how he does it in his business. And by the way, he gives some unbelievably cool investment diversification um, advice, which I think you'd find really interesting, Hal. Uh, it's all about real estate and luxury homes and what he's doing up in Canada, like with Lake Homes. It's really cool stuff that he shared. So that's step 13. Very interesting. And I'll just say that I think that especially in today's world slash economy, it's very risky and in some ways irresponsible to put all of our eggs in one basket. And so I think the, I wrote an article for entrepreneur.com a few years ago that was all about how, how crucial it is to diversify your sources of income so you're not dependent on one. And if one goes away because the, the economy of the market changes, you can pivot, shift, put your energy into the next one you know, and, and stay afloat. Step 14, increase your traffic. There's few people that are traffic masters at this level as Mr. Billy Jean. This guy's done it all. We're talking billboards. We're talking exotic cars. We're talking ads of everything you can imagine. We're talking podcasts. We're talking YouTube. We're just talking everything. This guy knows it. He gets it. I figured out ways to increase traffic over the years, and I teach you how in my part of this chapter, of course. But Billy Jean comes on. My favorite quote of his entire part of that is, boring will put you out of business. And it's so true. And he teaches you how not to be boring. Because I'm gonna be honest, some of you guys are boring. Not all of you, but some of you are. I was boring at one time. And boring will put you out of business, period. Billy Jean. You were definitely boring at one point. <laughs> but uh, in terms of increasing traffic, you know, increasing traffic is really, it, it translates to increasing income and increasing impact. If you have a thousand people come to your website every month, right? You can impact a thousand people. If you have increase your traffic to 10,000. Now you can impact 10 times as many lives, earn 10 times as much income, et cetera. So again, that's a crucial step. Implementing systems and building a team is step 15, chapter 15. And listen, I've built a lean, mean profit-making machine. It's myself, three virtual assistants in the Philippines, and Kate. This is my team. And our profit margins are over 80% percentage of our net profit to gross revenue is over 80% on average every single month, which is fantastic. And of course, we live in Puerto Rico, so we get to keep all of that profit because we don't pay anything in taxes except for a mere 4%. So I tell you all about how I built such a lean, mean team. But then I bring in the one and only Amy Porterfield, who has really started to go big. Like Now she has 20 people on her team, and she's going bigger and broader with her team and how she's doing that. And she talks about all of her departments and how she runs her operations and her systems. Like It is such a valuable contribution part of the chapter that we actually made a couple key changes right away just after seeing what she sent over for this. And I was like, this needs to happen now. So we give you like the small lean team. We give you the insights from a person that had a small lean team, which was Amy. And now she grew her team out bigger. And we go all in on this. Step 15. What I love is that they get the contrast, right? They get to see two different ways to do it. And I've opted toward, you know, I used to think I want a big team and lead it, you know, have a huge company and a big office space. <laughs> then I went, wait a minute, I want to work from home with a couple other people on my team that, that make everything work. So I love that you're, you're offering both, both viewpoints. So step 16 is managing affiliate partnerships. And Jill and Josh Stanton from Screw the 9 to 5, they are just amazing at that. They actually run their business literally. Almost all of their revenue comes from affiliate partnerships. We make bank. like I think 23 to 25% any given month of our revenue comes from affiliate partnerships. So we love affiliate uh, partnerships. We always have gone all in on that. Jill and Josh Stanton talk about how to do that, how to set that up. It's a very key, amazing part of your business that can really turn into true passive income if you do it right. Step 16. 
Yeah, it's an area that I've dabbled in, but I'm excited to read that chapter and, and really amplify that in a way that serves the audience and, and helps, uh, helps the business grow as well. Listen, step 17, chapter 17, keeping the money you make. There are so many people out there that are making a lot of money, Hal. They're making a lot of money, but they're not keeping almost any of that money at the end of the day. When they take away salaries and expenses and this cost and that cost, and then taxes come in and swipe all that other stuff away, it's like, where's all my money at the end of the day? And I said that for multiple years in San Diego. I was paying seven figures a year in taxes, and that had to change. And so, you know, we, we don't just talk to you about tax strategies, of course, but we talk to you about all the different ways you can keep the money you make. And of course, I bring in Ramit Sethi, who is Mr. I Will Teach You To Be Rich. He drops so much value in this part about keeping the money that you make. It's so valuable, so key. So you get myself, you know, somebody who literally is keeping over 80% of the money he makes. And then you get Ramit Sethi, who's a genius in that as well. So two great examples. How? Yeah. And like many of my listeners, this is an area that I have to grow and improve in because I am not a details person. I'm not watching the spreadsheets like I should be. So uh, I'm excited to uh, to finish off your book with number 17. So let's uh, wrap it up. Where can people go if they want to, if they identify, they want to really go deep into these 17 steps, where do they get the book? Yep. I know we're going to wrap it up. I'll add one more thing. There is a bonus chapter, chapter 18, which is fantastic. It's called The Well of Knowledge. It's just a bonus chapter. It's not meant to be read at once. It's not meant to be read in order. It's The Well of Knowledge for a reason. It's my favorite inspirational and motivational passages throughout the past decade of my life that I've read or heard or seen. And you have to go check it out whenever you need that little dose of inspiration, motivation. Every one of those passages is a 10 out of 10 quality wise. And there's a ton of them. So dip your ladle in that well of knowledge, make it happen. And my friends, we did rapid fire here, but if you want all the awesomeness, head over to uncommonsuccessbook.com, uncommonsuccessbook.com. If you're one of those amazing and and many, 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 many people that's already taken action from Hal Elrod's community, I got some special news for you. We're doing something really cool, and I set this up specially for Hal's audience because they're amazing. You know somebody that needs this book as well. You have somebody that you love that's meaningful in your life, a friend, a mastermind partner, whatever that might be, give them the gift. So if you've already invested in this book for yourself, you've already gotten the amazing bonuses because my team is on it. We're sending you the bonuses out immediately. Get a gift for a friend. Get two, three, whatever that whatever that makes sense for you because you know after hearing this, for sure, this book is very, very special. Again, go through the same process. Send me an email with a screenshot and just let me know that this is your second order at a minimum, if not two or three. And we have an additional secret special gift. And it's very awesome. I, I'm just going to leave it there. So anybody listening that hasn't yet um, done the pre-order, do a pre-order. We'd love it. We have five bonuses. You can learn all the details, the endorsements from Seth Godin, Gary Vaynerchuk, all that jazz. I give the first chapter away for free. Uncommonsuccessbook.com. If this is your first time doing the pre-order and you want to go right to the two or the three, you're going to be qualified for this extra special Hal Elrod's audience's gift. If you've already done it from the last interview we did, do a second one now, and we're going to get you on that list as well and get you out that special sixth bonus that's only available for this amazing audience. So Hal, you're the man. Your audience is unbelievable. Uncommonsuccessbook.com. Thank you, brother. Love you, John. And uh, Goal Achievers, thank you for tuning in. I hope you got as much value as I did. Uh, and I'm, I'm honest, I'm excited to read the book. There are a lot of holes in my game that I see in these 17 steps that I'm excited to fill. So John, thank you for the work that you do, man. I'll talk to you soon. Love you, bro. 
Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 